أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان وبعد This may be the last night of Ramadan Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whatever fasting and prayers and dhikr and sadaqat and zakat and uh, other acts of piety that people have done in this in this month, Allah Ta'ala accept it, whether it's big or small. Uh, Allah Ta'ala accept it, not according to the quality of the deeds, but according to the generosity of His own holy essence. Ameen. Allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbul afu fa'afu anna. Allahumma ya latif ultuf bi ummati Sayyidina Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Uh, in this night, uh, I wanted to uh, go through from the Kashf al-Mahjub the entries, the bio- biographical entries on two people. Um, the Shaykh Abdul Hassan Sari, uh, Sari al-Saqati, rahimahullah ta'ala, and his maternal nephew, uh, uh, Imam uh, Sayyid al-Ta'ifa, uh, Junaid al-Baghdadi rahimahullah tabarak wa ta'ala Abu al-Qasim uh, who is one of the most legendary uh, figures in the history of, uh, of, 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 uh, of Islam and a giant in the uh, spiritual history and the noble chain that binds us to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and, uh, you know, his uncle is not as well known as he is. But uh, when hearing about both of them, remember that the secret is transferred from generation to generation. Um, and sometimes Allah Ta'ala makes it manifest for all to see. And sometimes it's hidden. But this is in general part of our aqidah that uh, the one who is closer and has less links between him and Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam maintains a higher position than the one that's, that's lower. Uh, and Allah Ta'ala knows best. Allah Ta'ala knows best. Obviously there's a possibility that it's the other way around. We say regarding the Sahaba radiallahu anhum and the Aslaf, the Tabi'een and the Taba'a Tabi'een because of the, uh, because the wording of the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the best of generations is my generation than the ones after them than the ones after them. That generally they occupy a position uh, that, that's, that, that, that's higher than that of those who come after them. But uh, this is a general rule. Perhaps there may be some exceptions to it uh, uh, after the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. Allah ta'ala knows best. And uh, um, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam praised the people who will come later. And the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum asked why uh, that they'll receive more reward for certain actions than, 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 than even the Sahaba radiallahu anhum will. And he said to them sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لِأَنَّكُمْ تَجِدُونَ عَلَى الْحَقِّ أَعْوَانًا وَلَا يَجِدُونَ عَلَى الْأَعْوَانًا because you find people to help you in the way of the truth you help one another in the way of the truth and they will be such people that will hold on to the truth and they won't find anyone to help them um, obviously we don't take this to mean that anyone after the Sahaba anhum will have a rank higher than them but uh, uh, perhaps um, there are certain deeds uh, that we'll receive more reward for uh, than, 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 than they would And when I say we I'm not talking about myself I'm talking about Very very special And exceptional people From this ummah Very few if there are any 
um, that those people will do such deeds um, that that one deed in and of itself will uh, be uh, more rewarded than if, if someone from that generation did it. But uh, they'll still they'll still uh, come up short when they try to com compare themselves with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam's companions, because those are people who uh, uh, these rare and exceptional one or two deeds that these one or two individuals will do, um, the Sahaba radhiyallahu anhum will have literally like a hundred of them in a day that uh, that 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 uh, trump these de deeds uh, for all of the days of their Islam, uh, and Allah Taala knows best. So, but remember, just because someone is well known uh, doesn't mean that, that, that they have a higher maqam with Allah Ta'ala and vice versa. Uh, the, the converse and inverse are also, also correct. Uh, and the, you know, the saying goes that uh, don't consider obscurity to be a defect in a person or a, a shortcoming in a person uh, that is in reality uh, one of majestic worth because Laylatul Qadri is, itself is hidden and it's well known that that's the best of nights it's well known that that's the best of nights so we start with Abul Hassan Sarri bin Mughallis al-Saqati even this name Mughallis is a beautiful name uh, Ghalas is the dark part of the night or the dark part of the morning I should say so after the crack of dawn the, the, if you take the time from dawn until the time the sun rises, the first part of the, the, the time for the subh prayer that we colloquially refer to as fajr, the name of the prayer is subh. Fajr is the, the crack of dawn, the beginning of the time of the subh prayer. So the first half of the time of the subh prayer resembles the night, and the second half of the subh prayer re resembles the day. The daylight, out is, daylight is out so bright that you can essentially see things as if the day has already risen, even though it's just about to rise. So ghalas is is the dark part of the, the, the subh. And uh, awake, being awake in that time is a sign of productive people, and it's a sign of the salihin. Allah Ta'ala make us from them. He was the maternal uncle of Junaid, rahimahullah. He was well-versed in all the sciences of deen, and, and eminent in tasawwuf, and he was the first of those who have devoted their attention to the arrangement of stations and to the explanation of spiritual states. So stations are maqamat and spiritual states are ahwal. And uh, one might say, well, you know, what's the point of, what is that? Like, what, did he invent something new in the deen or something like that? And the answer is, like with every other science, no. Rasulullah wasallam and his sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum, they were acquainted with the stations and with the maqamat that people used to go through. And in a, in a very rudimentary sense, these stations are mentioned in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa The idea that the nafs can be lawama, the idea that the nafs can be ammara bisu, the idea that the nafs can be uh, mutma'inna, um, the idea that a person may come to Rasulullah sallallahu in a certain state and then after a certain time, that person reaches a different state, etc., etc. These things are mentioned. It's like Sayyidina Anas bin Malik ta'ala who said that there would be someone who would come to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he would, not, um, he, would, he would not come except for because he wanted money. And it was obvious to everybody that the person just wants sadaqah money. That's the only reason he's coming. And what would happen is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would give that person, knowing that he has no, and, and all the sahaba knowing that he has no real uh, talab or, or, or desire for deen 
and that person would stick around and it wouldn't be very long until Islam becomes more beloved to that person than than uh, everything in the world, uh, the entire world and what's in it. And so the idea is that these are things they knew, they're like predictable patterns that the Salik, the traveler toward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would, tra- would traverse. Um, but like other things in the deen, there's a time that the, this knowledge was preserved orally and there's a time that it was written down uh, and systematized. Uh, and so uh, Sarya Saqati essentially, he, he systematized this, this, uh, uh, this knowledge in order to teach, uh, to teach other people and aid them in their, in their suluk. And his systematization will then be uh, uh, taken and uh, uh, used for the benefit of the ummah uh, from Imam Junaid. Um, and it will be so, uh, so well expounded and formalized through the teachings of Imam Junaid that his name will then become synonymous with Tasawwuf, even though he was a, a, an alim of, a, of the first rate and actually served as a qadi in, in different capacities and different times in his life. Uh, that's how much of a master of the law he was. And so uh, the difference in the terminology of the Sufis, and uh, you know, terminology is terminology, it's not wahi, it's not revelation, but uh, it's used in order to describe uh, things from the deen. The difference between a maqam and a hal is that a maqam is a station that you reach uh, and it has some permanence with you. You can definitely be dethroned from your station, just like a person who is in, in, in iman can uh, lose their iman as well. But, uh, you know, other uh, you know, mishaps and catastrophes notwithstanding, a person who's in the station is steady in there. And, and then you can use it as a platform to progress or well, at least stay in that station. Whereas a hal is a temporary feeling that comes over a person. And these are all important to know because oftentimes people have uh, these different ahwal and they don't know how to deal with them. This is one of the reasons it's good to have a sheikh. I remember um, there was a young man who uh, came to our sheikh, or he came to me uh, because he was from the kind of the English educated um, group of people in, in, in socioeconomic class, upper class in Pakistan while I was a student of knowledge. And so oftentimes those people uh, have an easier time talking to and interacting with English speakers than they do with native Urdu speakers because of the fact that they, you know, that's a, Urdu is a language and the scholarly culture of the subcontinent is a culture that they never were introduced to. So they are Pakistanis or Indians in the sense that, you know, they call bread roti or whatever. But beyond that, some sort of spiritual sophistication or uh, um, intellectual sophistication, all of it, it comes to them through through the, the tradition of, of the uh, Anglophonic world. And so he came to me and asked a question. And uh, uh, this is, a, by the way, a calamity in the Muslim world, how it is that, you know, there are so many people, and those people are the ones who will be the wealthy class, the enfranchised class, politically, economically. They will be the ones who run the country, literally, uh, um, in the near future. And despite the physical proximity that they have to the ulama, they're so completely estranged from deen and from culture. And it's not something that they did themselves. They're just young people. It's not like they made a choice to like whatever, uh, uh, you know, sell out the Mughal Empire and uh, start working for the, the British government. They inherited a world they were placed into um, that they made very few choices about. And they find themselves in this awkward space where they're physically right next to like this great treasure of of, 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 of a spiritual heritage and uh, of, a, uh, of, of a culture that is based on wahi and on revelation and they ha- it's more inaccessible to them than it, than it would be for someone you know who lives in Chicago 
you know, where Dar es Salaam is, you know, half a mile on one side and on half a mile on the other side is Dar al Qasim. So, uh, uh, you know, the, the uh, young man in this position asked me about his own ahwal, his own conditions that he feels like this, he feels like that, he feels like he's wasting his time, he feels like, you know, anxiety about his life and he doesn't know what to do, this, that, and the other thing. So I said, okay, instead of asking me, uh, I know somebody who is, uh, uh, you know, who is uh, uh, an actual like mustanad and mujaz sheikh of the tariqah. I can take you to. So there's a hakim sab that I used to go to. He was a master of of uh, of, of traditional medicine, uh, and he was also an alim uh, uh, and researcher, uh, especially in the field of hadith. And he was a principal of a madrasa. And one of the most pious and spiritually attractive people I've ever met in my life. Everyone who met him was uh, instantly charmed by him. And I could see nothing in it except for the nur of his righteousness that attracted people to him. And these are things certain gifts Allah Ta'ala gives certain people um, you know, from his fadl and from his hikmah, his, 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 his wisdom. So I took him to Hakim Saab. And so Hakim Saab very patiently listened to him say like, you know, about this weird anxiety that he has in his life, that he's wasting his uh, time and he's this and he's that and the other thing and I don't know what to do, should I quit my school, should I... And Hakim Saab listened very patiently to the whole thing and he, he asked him, he said, uh, when did you start praying five times a day? He goes, were you always doing it since the time you were in puberty or did you just recently start? And so he admitted, yeah, I wasn't praying five times a day until very recently, like three months ago I started praying five times a day. And he says, these feelings came to you, uh, you know, a little bit after that, right? He said, yes. And so Hakim saw very, uh, mashallah, uh, you know, he very simply laid out to him. He says, this is a very natural thing that happens uh, uh, to a person who um, days would go by without them thinking about the passage of time. Whereas just a simple thing about, you know, watching closely what time of the day it is and in every day, whether the prayer time is coming or out or whatever, it will make you acutely aware of the passage of time in a way that you weren't before. And then you'll start to think about things differently. Then you'll start to see that you're not using your time wisely. And this feeling will come, come to you. Uh, don't, let, don't use it and uh, don't allow this feeling to uh, make you radically alter you know, whatever you were doing. Uh, rather, uh, use it to augment what you were doing from before. And uh, which is good advice because somebody who comes with this type of state, uh, uh, you know, the, the pressure of that feeling, it's, it's very real. And uh, sometimes people do rash things that are not good for them in the long term when these feelings happen, like quit school or, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, make fights with people, cut off ties with people or, you know, they make rash decisions because of the, the, the reality of these feelings. Having someone that you can talk to that can explain these things to you, um, it, it really helps you out and it's very good for you in the long run and it will allow you to traverse the path toward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with less mishaps and pitfalls in the middle and without harming yourself uh, as much and people think of the spiritual path as a, a, a something that requires great sacrifice and great difficulty uh, it, 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 it does in most cases but the only thing that's more difficult and more harmful is not knowing how to do it and doing it the wrong way uh, and the only thing that's you know the only thing that's more harmful than that is either doing it the wrong way or th the worst way of doing it the wrong way, which is uh, you know not trying to do it at all. Uh, Allah Taala protect us. He had seen Habib uh, Arai and associated with him. Most of the sheikhs of Iraq are for, are his pupils, uh, meaning that many of the mashaykh of Iraq 
which was Basra and Kufa and, uh, and uh, Baghdad in those days. They're either his pupils or from his, his, uh, his chain. Uh, and uh, uh, because that chain includes Imam Junaid, it's very believable that most of them, they, they, they come through him, that they receive the secret from him, and they also receive the, the knowledge of the soul from him as well. He was a disciple of Ma'ruf al-Karhi. Ma'ruf al-Karhi was a, 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 a convert to Islam. Uh, and his, his story is also, it's, it's also very beautiful. Uh, Ma'ruf al-Karhi is, a, is the, the, the disciple of Habib al-A'jami. Uh, um, sorry, the disciple of Dawud al-Ta'i, who is the disciple of Habib al-A'jami, who is one of the disciples of uh, uh, um, uh, one of the disciples of uh, al-Hasan al-Basri. Maybe, inshallah, one day we can uh, read about him as well. Karh is, a, I believe, a neighborhood in Baghdad. It was a, a, a fully planned uh, and built neighborhood that was part of the expansion of of the imperial capital of of the caliphate uh, in Baghdad during uh, uh, Abbasi times. Um, and so he, he was a disciple of Ma'ruf al-Karhi. He used to carry on the business of uh, uh, of a huckster in the bazaar at Baghdad. I think the word huckster is a strange word. I, I think maybe this is like Reynold Nicholson's English. Um, the the uh, 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 Word in Persian uh, that's used in the original text is Sakat uh, Furushi, uh, 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 which uh, means essentially like a junk dealer, I think. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. Maybe Mulana Tamim, if he's listening, he can confirm or deny that and we can uh, talk about it later. But a very basic, basic form of business in order to earn a living. Uh, and this is another thing. People have this idea that somehow Sufi is... Uh, not you know engaged with this world and he's some sort of mendicant who goes around begging or whatever uh, but like we said yesterday Imam Abu Hanifa was a big businessman and uh, we see here also that Sariya Saqati was a, a small time businessman he used to carry on the business uh, of a huckster in the bazaar in Baghdad in the marketplace of Baghdad when the marketplace caught on fire he was told that his shop was burnt he replied then I'm freed of care for it Afterward, it was discovered that his shop had not been burnt, although all of the shops surrounding it were destroyed. On seeing this, Sari gave all that he possessed to the poor and took up the path of righteousness and the path of Sufism. So this is the occasion of his, his uh, conversion. Uh, obviously, he was a Muslim from before, but his conversion uh, to uh, make the, uh, the suluk toward Allah Ta'ala um, the all-fulfilling uh, usage of his time. Just like the story of the conversion of, of, of uh, Fudayl bin Iyad was the, the occasion of, uh, of, of hearing the ayah, Alam yatni lilladheena amanu an takhsha'a quloobuhum lidhikrillah. Hasn't it come time for those who uh, believe to, that their hearts should be humbled in front of the remembrance of Allah? This is the, the, the occasion or the trigger that caused him to go on this path. He was asked how the change in him began. He answered, one day Habib Ra'i passed my shop. And he's another one of the mashayikh. Inshallah, one day we'll t- uh, read his uh, biography as well. One day Habib passed my shop and I gave him a, a piece of bread in order to give it to the poor. He said to me, may Allah reward you. From the day when I heard this prayer, my worldly affairs never prospered again. 
chew on that for a minute. He said, one day Habib Ra'i passed my shop and I gave him a crust of bread. I gave him a small piece of bread, telling him to give it to the poor. He said to me, may Allah reward you. From that day and from the day I heard this prayer, my worldly affairs never prospered again. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the difficulties of the people he loves and give and, and ward off from us the prosperity of the people he hates. And if we don't have the courage in our heart to ask this dua with sincerity, may Allah Ta'ala give us that courage. It's related that Sari said, Oh Allah, whatever punishment you may inflict on me, do not punish me with the humiliation of being veiled for you. Because if I am not veiled for, from you, my torment and affliction will be lightened by the remembrance and contemplation of you. But if I am veiled from you, even your bounty will be deadly for me. There is no punishment in hell more painful and hard to bear than that of being veiled. And I would, I would add that uh, the punishment and pain of hell is because of being veiled from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, otherwise, people go through hardships, but if they know they have Allah ta'ala, they can get through them. The, the pain and suffering and misery of knowing that you've lost Him forever um, is what makes the, 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 the punishment something that... that, that cannot be born. Allah Ta'ala save us from all of it, from ever having to see any of it at all, ever, even for an instant. Say Ameen. If Allah was re revealed in the hellfire to the people of hell, sinful people would never think of paradise because the sight of Allah would fill them in, with joy and they would not feel bodily pain. And in paradise, there is no pleasure more perfect than unveiledness, the kashf of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, that they can see Him. If the people there enjoyed all the pleasures of that place and other pleasures a hundredfold but were veiled from Allah Ta'ala, their hearts would be utterly broken. Therefore it is the custom of Allah Ta'ala to let the hearts of those who love Him have vision of Him always in order that the delight thereof may enable them to endure every tribulation. And they say in their oritions, We deem all torments more desirable than to be veiled from you. And when your beauty is revealed to our hearts, we take no thought of affliction. And it's a really lofty maqam Allah Ta'ala give us from it. So from there we uh, go to the entry uh, about the Imam Abu Qasim uh, uh, Junaid bin Muhammad bin Junaid al-Baghdadi. He was approved by the scholars of the law and the, the spiritualists alike. He was perfect in every branch of science uh, of the deen and spoke with authority on aqidah, fiqh, and uh, uh, other matters of the law. He was a follower of Sufyan, uh, uh, of Sufyan Thori. And uh, this is, I think, um, this, is, this is actually upon tahqiq, this is a, a mistranslation from Nicholson. Um, the, the expression is that he was Thawri al-Madhab, meaning his madhab and fiqh was, that it was the Thawri. But uh, 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 um, but but uh, the madhab is not the madhab of uh, uh, Sufyan al-Thawri, rather the madhab of Thawr, Thawr bin Yazid. So being Thawri al-Madhab doesn't mean you follow Thawri, it means you follow Thawr bin Yazid, um, which is a, 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 a Ahlul Hadith madhab which uh, disappeared uh, uh, long ago. His sayings are lofty and his inward state was perfect so that all of the people of Tasawwuf unanimously uh, acknowledge his leadership in this, uh, in this field. His mother was the sister of Sari as-Saqati, 
and Junaid was the disciple of his uncle Sari. One day Sari was asked uh, whether the rank of a disciple is ever higher than that of his, uh, of his uh, master and his teacher. He replied, uh, yes, there is manifest proof of this. The rank of Junaid is above mine. Uh, and this is from the tawadu or the humility that, that he said this. One day Sadri was asked whether the rank of a disciple is ever higher than that of his spiritual master. He replied, yes, there is manifest proof of this, that the rank of Junaid is above mine. It was the humility and insight of Sadri that caused him to say this. As it is well known, Junaid refused to discourse with his disciples as long as Sadri was alive. Until one night he dreamed that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said to him, O Junaid, speak to the people, for God has made your words a means of saving a multitude of mankind. When he awoke, the thought occurred to him that his rank was superior to that of Sari, his sheikh and uncle, since Rasulullah had commanded him to preach. At daybreak, Sari sent a disciple to Junaid with the following message, You would not discourse with your disciples when they urged you to do so, and you rejected the intercession of the sheikhs of Baghdad and my personal entreaty. Now that Rasulullah has commanded you, obey his orders. Now that Rasulullah has commanded you to, do so, obey his orders. Junaid said, that fancy, meaning the fancy of me being higher than my shaykh, that fancy immediately left my head. I perceived that Sari was acquainted with my outward and inward thoughts in all circumstances, and that his rank was higher than mine since he was acquainted with my secret thoughts, whereas I was ignorant of his state. By the way, that's pretty boss, mashallah. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of these people a high rank. Uh, if any of us was like shown in a dream that Rasulullah sallallahu said, preach because a multitude of people will like, you know, uh, all this other wonderful stuff. You know, uh, I, I, I'd have to, I, 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 I don't think I would have the uh, Sufic uh, uh, strength to not pat myself on the back pretty roundly uh, because of that um, and the thought of like all this other stuff wouldn't even come to me like in wafawqa kulli the ilmin alim above every person who is possessed with knowledge there's somebody who has like so much more than than, than, than him and so he, he said that he said that I perceived that Sari was uh, acquainted with my outward and inward thoughts in all circumstances and that his rank was higher than mine since he was acquainted with my secret uh, and I was ignorant of his I went to him and begged his pardon and asked him how he knew that I had dreamed Rasulullah wasallam. He answered, I had a dream of Allah Ta'ala who told me that he had sent Rasulullah to bid you to preach. Uh, this anecdote contains a clear indication that uh, uh, the mashayikh are in every case uh, uh, acquainted with the inward experiences of their disciples. Obviously, this describes the real mashayikh. If uh, any of you meet them, uh, um, then... You know, ask them to make du'a for me as well. And if any of you are them, please make du'a for me as well. Um, there are many people who are, mashallah, uh, you know, they've opened up the Taco Bell franchise of Tasawwuf. Um, and they're definitely, mashallah, getting a lot of traffic and sales. And I, I won't say bad about them because they're benefiting people's deen in some, some case, you know. Someone takes bay'ah with a shaykh and, you know, starts to pray five times a day because of it. Then, you know, there's some benefit in it. But it doesn't mean that everybody who calls himself a sheikh is uh, is what we're describing uh, uh, nowadays. Uh, uh, it also doesn't mean that there's nobody. But uh, you know, uh, this is this is a, a level of of deen that uh, unfortunately seems to have uh, never taken root in this land, 
and even in the lands of the Muslims, it's, uh, you know, if it's there, it's taking flight very quickly. Uh, Allah Ta'ala preserved the Ulul Baqiyah uh, amongst the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so that this honor doesn't, doesn't leave us completely. It is related that he said, the speech of the Prophets gives, والسلام, gives information uh, concerning presence of Hudur, while the speech of the Siddiqeen, the people of the, 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 the rank of truth and sainthood, alludes to com- contemplation, mushahada. True information is derived from sight, and it is impossible to give true information of anything that one has not actually witnessed, whereas allusion or ishara, allusion involves reference to another thing. Hence the perfection and ultimate goal of the saints is the beginning of the states of the prophets. And this is something, this is a, 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 one of the teachings of Tasawwuf of Sufism, which is what is that the awliya of Allah Ta'ala, the highest state that they can attain, it falls just short, just short of the, the, the beginning of the maqam of nubuwa. Uh, and that there's a, a type of uh, a, 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 a continuousness between them. That none of the awliya will ever cross that line, but they'll come all the way just up to it. It's, and this is what Rasulullah meant by saying things like, لَوْكَانَ نَبِيًّا بَعْدِ لَكَانَ عُمَرْ That if there were going to be a prophet after me, it would have been Umar. Because people like that, they get to that, they get to the border of that state, and it's, it's, it's so close that, that it can be tasted. But they never cross, they never cross that line. Uh, they never cross that line. And uh, this is also a great uh, honor that Allah Ta'ala has bestowed upon the Ummah. Unfortunately, people who have that, uh, that, uh, that, that kind of pre-prophetic sainthood amongst us, um, you know, uh, the Ummah has a way of torturing them and jailing them and killing them, uh, just like Banu Israel did before us. And uh, uh, we, really, uh, we really should be ashamed of ourselves for that. And uh, we shouldn't wonder why does Allah Ta'ala not send us more people like that? Why would He send this people that He loves to us if we're just going to harm them? Uh, um, rather, He keeps them hidden out of mercy for them and out of mercy for us because if we harm such people, um, you know, there's only two sins that are mentioned that Allah Ta'ala declares war on a person for as a punishment. Uh, one is in the Quran, which is the, uh, um, which is the transaction in riba. Uh, which we're not going to go there right now. It's really bad. Just we're not going to go there right now, though. Uh, and the other is is being an enemy of a wali of Allah Taala, being an enemy of a wali of Allah Taala, and that's from the Hadith Qudsi in Sahih Bukhari. Man adali waliyan adantuhu bil harb. Or kama qala alayhi salatu sallam, the person who makes an enemy uh, takes as an enemy a wali of mine. I I declare war on them. I make war on them. I give them the announcement that I make war on them. And uh, uh, it's, so it's a mercy to us as well so that we don't uh, uh, have an occasion to uh, sow our own destruction by trying to fight a war that we'll, we'll never win. It will be a loss for us in this world and it will be a loss for us in the hereafter. And uh, um, anyone who's tried to, see, tried to see someone work with sincerity in our communities uh, will know what, what I mean by that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, protect us all. Hence, the perfection and ultimate goal of the saints is the beginning of this state of the prophets. Uh, the distinction between Nabi and Wali, between prophet and saint, and the superiority of the former over the latter is plain. Notwithstanding that certain heretical sects declare the saints to surpass the prophets in excellence. 
So he's he's affirming the aqidah of the Ahl Sunnah al Jama'ah that there's no wali of Allah Taala that has a maqam higher than any of the prophets or uh, or or even equal. It is related that he said, "I was eagerly desirous of seeing Iblis." Before getting to this next point, you know, one might say, "Well, how did you, you know, this whole discourse about the station of the rank of the saints being uh, um, contiguous with that of prophethood? You know, where are you getting this from?" There are isharat toward it in the hadith of the Prophet wasallam as well. Uh, one of the clearest and and, and most profound one. Ones that I've uh, come across, other than the one about Sayyidina Umar that we we mentioned, was that when Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu taala anhuma, when they arrived in Medina Munawwara on the Mubarak day, uh, 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 that they arrived in 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 in, in uh, the Khairul Bilad of Allah subhanahu wa taala. When they arrived. They saw Sayyidina Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu and Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam coming toward them. And they couldn't tell who was Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They couldn't tell who Sayyidina Abu Bakr was. And I don't think it's because their physical resemblance was such that they were like twins or something like that. They couldn't tell one from the other. Because that was a very spiritual moment. Um, and it was experienced by them more through their hearts than it was through their, their eyes. And this happens. My uh, uh, older brother and Sheikh Mulana uh, Tamim, he said something when we went on Umrah this uh, year uh, that was very profound. Because we have everyone running around with cell phones taking pictures of everything. And religious people are running around with cell phones taking pictures of like religious stuff. They take pictures of the Kaaba and like of whatever their favorite ulama and all this other stuff. He said, don't be so caught up in taking the picture uh, of things because the camera can only take a picture of something that's physical. Um, these are spiritual places. Uh, there are buildings that are more fancy than the Kaaba physically, but there's no building that's more Mubarak than the Kaaba uh, spiritually. You know, there are cities that are built uh, uh, more fancy than Medina Munawwara, maybe physically. Uh, you know, according, someone may, may try to make the argument, uh, uh, but what? But there's no place. There's no place that's spiritually more beautiful than Medina Munawwara. Uh, like the 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 shi'r uh, uh, regarding re- regarding Majnun and Layla, marartu bid diari diari Layla, uqabbilu dal jidara wa dal jidara, wa ma hubu diari shagafan qalbi, walakin hubu man sakana diara. Is this that? I passed by, Majnun says, I passed by the, the houses that are in the neighborhood of Layla. Uh, and I kissed this wall and I kissed that wall. But don't misunderstand. You see, it's not the love of walls that has uh, preoccupied my heart. But the love of the one who lives inside of those walls. Meaning the physical things are not what's maqsood. It's the, the spiritual reality that's inside of it. Now, uh, Mulana Tamim said, don't go around taking pictures because the camera can only take pictures of physical things. It can't capture or see anything spiritual. He said, the, the camera that you're going to uh, take the pictures of spiritual things with is your heart. So instead of being distracted by your phone, put your focus on side, on, on, onto your heart so the heart can, uh, uh, can take that picture. So coming back to the idea of what? Coming back to the idea of the hijra. That when Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq are coming down from the, uh, 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 you know, coming down into the valley 
the Mubarak Valley that, that Medina Munawwara is in, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum and the Ansar especially who came to greet him with so much love and enthusiasm, um, they had so much ikhlas, they were viewing this, this uh, uh, event more through their hearts than they were through their eyes. It was a spiritual event for them. And so when they saw the Nabi and the Siddiq uh, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa radiallahu ta'ala anhu, uh, they couldn't distinguish between the two of them. And it wasn't until Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu opened up his shawl and shaded Rasulullah alayhi salatu wasalam and that muhajirun started to crowd around Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasalam that they knew who was who. And this also indicates what the, 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 the spiritual linkedness between the maqam of the awliya and the maqam of the, the anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam without the maqam of the former group uh, spilling into that of the latter. Uh, and those people, like I said, they're very precious few in the ummah. Um, if anyone, you know, meets someone like that, uh, it will change their life for the better. And if anyone does, ask them to make dua for me. And if any of you is one of them, then make dua for me, inshallah. So uh, it's related one day that Abu Qasim Junaid, uh, rahimullah ta'ala, uh, said, I was eagerly desirous of seeing Iblis. That he had a curiosity in his heart that I just, I want to see who is this, you know, this jinn that like, you know, was a student of the angels and like made so much ibadah and like then like everything went so wrong and he's like doing all this chaos in the world. I wanted to see who is this, what, what's the deal with this, this, this uh, creation of Allah Ta'ala. One day when I was standing in the mosque, an old man came through the door and turned his face toward me. Horror seized my heart. When he came near, I said to him, who are you? For I cannot bear to look, look, look at you or think of you. He answered, I am he whom you have desired to see. I ex- exclaimed, O accursed one, what hindered you from bowing to Adam salam? He answered, O Junaid, how can you imagine that I should bow down to anyone except for Allah? I was amazed at his saying this, but a secret voice inside of my heart whispered, Say to him, you're a liar. Had you been obedient servant, you would have not transgressed Allah's command. He said, say to him, you are a liar. Had you been obedient, an obedient servant, you would not have transgressed Allah's command. Iblis heard the voice inside of my heart and he cried out and said, by Allah you have burned me and he vanished. This story shows how Allah Ta'ala preserves his friends in all circumstances from the guile of shaitan. This is, a, a, this is like this thing is a gold mine, subhanAllah. This story is so beautiful. Um... And it highlights what uh, one very simple principle of deen that the deen is what it's it's obedience it, it's it's ta'a it's obedience. Um, oftentimes, people are confused about what they're supposed to do. Uh, um, they're oftentimes confused about what they're supposed. They're confused about what to do in uh, a, circum- a certain circumstance, um, especially when like there's a reward promised for something or whatever, right? So, for example, uh, the rewards for Jumu'ah are, you know, that a person's sins are forgiven from week to week and, you know, all these other things. And so, um, a sister asked, um, you know, why is, it, why is it that a woman, it's sunnah for her to pray inside of her home. Won't she miss the, uh, won't she miss the reward of attending Jumu'ah? And by the way, it's by no means haram for a woman to attend Jumu'ah or even blameworthy, but it is more uh, meritorious for her to pray even the Friday of Zuhr in her, in her home. Uh, 
uh, uh, not in congregation. Or there are other things like that as well. For example, what if a person swears an oath? I said, by swear an oath by Allah Taala, I will never set foot in the. You know, I'll never set foot in uh, in in the masjid of my city again. You know, um, and then afterward, a person has this dilemma: like, okay, what should I do? Should I go to the masjid for Juma uh, and get the reward of it, or should I stay at home and follow the deen? Uh, should I, uh, uh, you know, for example? Um, Break my oath and fast three days because breaking your oath is also an impiety. Uh, 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 but you know, also a person receives so much reward for going to the masjid. Whenever, whenever you get to the point where you have a, a, a choice like this, remember obedience always takes priority over over uh, over your reasoning. Obedience always takes priority over reasoning, and this is exactly the the trick that Shaitan tried to play with Junaid in this story. Rahimullah tabarak wa ta'ala, Sheikh Abul Qasim. We should refer you know, we refer to each other as Maulana and Mufti and this and that and say so how come you're taking Junaid by the first name? Some people's maqams are not maqamat are not captured by titles. Uh, um, but at any rate, you always prioritize what? Obedience over uh, obedience over your own reasoning. And the idea is this is that whoever obeys uh, 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 Allah and his Rasul فَقَدْ فَازَ فَوْزًا عَظِيمًا Whoever obeys Allah and His Rasul sallam, that person has uh, won a great uh, victory or a great prize. And uh, um, whether the reward is mentioned or not, you can assume that the reward of obedience is always uh, greater than, than, than the reward of a lower level of obedience. Um, even if the lower level is mentioned explicitly and the higher level isn't mentioned. So the person who makes this oath, break your oath, and go to the atqa. This is very. Uh, go to the thing that that shows your obedience to God and your fear to God uh, at a higher level. Uh, uh, go against yourself and go with what Allah Taala uh, says to you. And this is a very basic principle of deen. It's a very basic principle of deen that will ward off from a person many doubts and 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 shubhat uh, with regards to uh, the practice of deen. So, uh, uh, so this was basically uh, illustrated in this in this strange story uh, that Iblis heard the voice in my heart and he cried out and said, "By God, you have burned me!" And he vanished. This show, story shows how Allah preserves His saints in all circumstances, His friends, His awliya, uh, in all circumstances from the guile of Shaitan, uh, um, and that preservation is what it's predicated on you having that state of love with, of Allah Ta'ala that overwhelms all other things and makes you more concerned about His pleasure than about buying a Tesla or becoming a doctor or any of these other things. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't have those things, but you know that if you can truly uh, uh, love Allah Ta'ala more than you love those things, then Allah Ta'ala will protect you. يَحْفَظِ uh, someone might say, what are you saying that these are prophets, that God protects them, they're infallible? No, we're not saying they're prophets because that's, that's just kufr. And uh, we're not saying they're infallible either because our aqidah teaches us that's, that that's not true. But at the same time, Rasulullah said in the hadith of Ya Ghulam to Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhu, it's a very uh, authentic and very well-known hadith. He said, oh my, oh, 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 oh young man, you preserve Allah Ta'ala uh, uh, and He will preserve you. Meaning you guard His commandments and He'll guard you in your person. Uh, and that's, that's one of the most basic teachings of deen. One of Junaid's disciples bore him a grudge. 
And after leaving him, and this happens oftentimes for reasons Allah Ta'ala knows best, sometimes it's a mistake of the shaykh, sometimes of the student, but sometimes students bear their teachers a grudge. Allah Ta'ala forgive, uh, forgive our mashayikh for everything that they may have done as a mistake. And Allah forgive us, uh, we're even more in need of forgiveness for the, uh, for the greater mistakes that we made toward them. Uh, and, and make islah between teachers and students. So one of Junaid's disciples bore him a grudge and after leaving him returned one day with an intention of testing him. Junaid was aware of this and said, replying to his question, do you want a formal or a spiritual answer? The disciple said both. Junaid said, the formal answer is that if you had tested yourself, you would have not needed to test me. The spiritual answer is that you are deposed from your sainthood from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The disciple's face turned black and he cried, The delight of yaqeen has been uh, robbed from my heart. Uh, and earnestly begged to be forgiven uh, and abandoned his foolish self-conceit. Junaid said to him, Did you uh, not know that Allah's awliya possess mysterious, uh, uh, mysterious powers? You cannot endure their blows. And he cast a breath at the disciple who forthwith resumed his former purpose and repented of criticizing, uh, uh, criticizing the mashayikh. Uh, and this is also in accordance to what uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 Hadith Qudsi of Bukhari that uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Whoever declares war on uh, on a friend of mine, uh, I uh, whoever takes the en enmity of a friend of mine, I declare war on them." Allah protect us from you know from 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 that sin of ever uh, ever being an enemy of Allah Taala's beloved ones. Um, it would really be better for a person to drink and to do drugs and to commit zina than 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 to do something as foolhardy as this. Uh, Allah Ta'ala protect us from doing anything except for to love them and support them and serve them. If by His grace and His 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 mercy, He gives His His friendship to us, wonderful. If not, then it's only by loving those people that will make anything on the day of judgment. This is because the Sahih Hadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Al Maru Ma'man Ahabba. A uh, person will be with the one that he loves. And this is the whole reason of mentioning the biographies of the Mashaykh in these Mubarak nights of Ramadan. That for so many of us, it's so difficult for us to be uh, men of the Ummah uh, uh, in its true sense. Uh, so hopefully, uh, you know, in its place or as at least a beginning for that, uh, hopefully the least we can do is love them if we couldn't be them. Allah Ta'ala give, uh, give us tawfiq. Allah Ta'ala, and I, I see, mashallah, people have that sincere love. Allah Ta'ala, give it to us in our hearts, may it live with us forever and be an intercessor for us on the Day of Judgment uh, and a, 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 a chain that binds us to the people who will end up in Jannah in the highest maqamat of Allah's awliya, uh, such a chain that doesn't break on the Day of Judgment and that drags us with, with them into the Jannah despite our own shortcomings and weaknesses. Uh, Allah Ta'ala, vouchsafe it for us and protect it in our hearts and make it beautiful in our hearts and make our hearts beautiful because of it. And Allah Ta'ala give us from, from His mercy and from His fadl in this world and the hereafter. Um, whoever hasn't made dua, please make dua inshallah uh, for, 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 for myself and for my family and for all those who made these uh, sessions possible. Make dua inshallah for, for my work and for uh, uh, the work of the, 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 the people of knowledge and the students of knowledge and the, the people of dhikr and khair and of, uh, the people who are carrying the flag of Islam in this, in this uh, land uh, and in, uh, in this world and for all of the mashayikh uh, in this uh, noble uh, shajara and tree 
that the root of which is uh, is Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, through which it taps into the spiritual power and nourishment that can come only from Allah subhanahu wa taala, who created the heavens and earth from nothing. Make du'a for make du'a for uh, our success in this world and the hereafter. That Allah taala not make our our tribulation in our deen, and that He not make the dunya the greater part of our worry and concern, nor that He makes it. Uh, 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 the, the, the utmost limit of our, our intellects that we can't think of or understand anything beyond uh, stupid things like money and like cars and, uh, uh, and, and like petty positions of power. Uh, have you not seen if there's, uh, you know, a hundred rats in the cage and one of them is made king of the rats, how that's not, that's not any achievement or anything to be proud of. It's better to live as a, a noble and humble servant of Allah Ta'ala and more honorable to live as a noble and humble servant of Allah Ta'ala rather than being uh, president and, and CEO and manager and prime minister and king of rats and snakes and, uh, uh, and, and the vermin uh, of the hellfire. Allah Ta'ala protect us. Allah Ta'ala protect us and vouchsafe to us every good in this Mubarak night. Please make, make dua. It's my own. I shouldn't use this platform for my own personal benefit, but here I am doing it. Please make dua, inshallah, that... Uh, uh, you know, whatever, uh, whatever uh, uh, hopes and desires and dreams that I have of being able to serve this deen uh, 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 in this life come true, and uh, that I not be distracted from 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 those things or, or 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 barred from from achieving those things, whether I see the fruits in my lifetime or not. That Allah Taala make this uh, this effort something that bears some fruit somewhere. Uh, in this world or in the hereafter, more importantly, uh, and all of those people who are doing doing this work, that 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 yaqeen enter into their hearts, that that Allah Taala doesn't waste the ajr of people who are trying to do something beautiful. Uh, Allah Taala give all of us so much tawfiq, and my duas are for 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 all of you, whoever listens, and whoever loves for the sake of Allah Taala. My duas are for all of you in this Ramadan and in the Haramain Sharifain and in Hajj and and in Umrah. Uh, my du'as are for all of you. Allah, Allah Ta'ala says in Hadith Qudsi uh, that's narrated by the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the highest uh, uh, level of authenticity. I have, I'm, I'm as my slave thinks of me. And Ya Allah, we all think of you as the singular source of mercy and forgiveness and beauty and uh, 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 giving in existence. And you're Allah, and we don't have a problem with that. We love you for it, and we uh, we we thank you. Uh, and every day, even though we have a silly way of showing it, uh, but we thank you in every day uh, uh, for being who you are, and for giving us what you gave us, and for for all of your gifts uh, that you gave us, great and small. Um, and we we have hope in your mercy. We have despair in ourselves, but the only thing that's greater than our despair and our despair despair in ourselves is our our hope in your mercy, because nothing that comes from us can be anything compared to something that comes from you. So give us the tawfiq of dying on iman and being with the ones that you love, and go easy on us. We're 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 we're, we're not the uh, you know we're we're not we're not the the all-star team of this ummah. We're the the middle school C team. That's lucky that we didn't get cut. Allah Ta'ala, go easy on us and give us from your fadl and from your mercy. We cry to you like like a baby cries to his mother. So care for us and carry us like a mother carries a child. 
we have really nothing else to, to bank on or to, to count on other than that. Ya Allah, give to us from your mercy. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.